My lease is going up $400, but my clothes is priceless, plus $400. <laughs> I may not be dripping in labels and glam, but honey, I'm debt free. And that makes me richer than most housewives. Cause when Rena said, <laughs> Because when Rena said own it, she didn't mean her house. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that is the Galley Guinness Book of World Records. Put it in there. Long can, we, can you just read that one more time? Because it was <laughs> sure. a delightful little monologue. Do it, do it one more time. Do it one more time. Sure, imagine me okay. like flipping the skirt of a gown, turning to the camera and saying, I may not be dripping in labels and glam, but honey, I'm debt free. And that makes me richer than most housewives. Because when Rena said own it, she didn't mean her house. Oh my God. You know who would approve of that? Judging who? by the last 10 minutes of Atlanta, Marlo Hampton, a woman <laughs> yeah. who loves herself a monologue. And we love she it, does. guys. I, I know I already love this episode. It's AG327. Shout out. To my birthday, by the way. Oh, also the num- no, it's not today. But my birthday <laughs> is March twenty seventh, along with Mariah Carey. Less important than OG of the OC, Vicky Gumbelson, Victoria G, and I share a blessed. Wow. It brings me such annoyance I bet. that Vicky and I share a birthday, but Shannon's birthday is the day before, and huh. Shannon and I couldn't share a birthday, but Vicky and I do. I just, I'm Yikes. very upset about it. But anyway, you guys, it's Andy's Girls 327. Happy spiritual birthday to all Aries, and I'm so excited to have a repeat guest. I just truly... There's something about her voice oh. that I find so soothing. It's like when you say things to me, I honestly like, not that my heart rate needs to go lower because I think that's probably a thing, <laughs> but like it really does make, and you know, the world is melting down and it's hot, it is. Ever, but it feels like a little bit of spiritual AC, hey. which I am... I'm here for you know her as an incredible content creator on Instagram and beyond her bio sort of a window into her spirit and her mission <laughs> online if Dateline and Sports Center had a Bravo baby well guys cheers to this bambino welcome back to Andy's Girls Bravo Bravo ducking Bravo hello how are you and first of all I'm going to take that whole section and I'm going to send it to the Calm app and hopefully mm. get some voiceover work I mean, you Wouldn't do nice? have you been told that that you just really do have an incredibly soothing voice? I've never been told that um, until I started this account, and then a few people would message wow. me occasionally and be like, "Your voice is very soothing." And I never, never had heard that before. But I was always picked in school to read to like younger mm. kids, and so mm. maybe, maybe it's from that, from like holding a book and reading to younger kids. I don't know. You know, I do have to say shout out to my elementary school teachers who whenever we had the little like paper book play, I always gal over here, raise my hand, but I was strategic. I would first look through and be like, which has the most words? (laughs) Beep, 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 like raising hand. Oh, I got that part and this one and yada, yada. An absolute sociopath from elementary school beyond. Um, How are you? How are you feeling? Is it schwitzing wherever you are? Record temps all over the place? Yeah, Yeah. I'm East Coast. I'm in the swamp. Like, it's very, very hot. It's oppressive heat. And let's take a Mm -hmm. moment and appreciate the coolest summer for the rest of our lives. 
um, as we also complain about the heat. And so that's fun. And yeah, I wish I had a pool. Um, mm. But you know, what are you gonna do about it? I'll just spray myself with a hose and, and keep on going. <laughs> some east coast mentality while those west coasters with their like delightful (laughs) aquatic accoutrement and we're like anybody got a hose yeah a well water hose just hose me down real quick (laughs) ice from the ground yeah (laughs) we don't have any of those 1300 ice deliveries (laughs) like on dubai we've got a tray if you're lucky okay if you're if you're fortunate you've got yourself an ice cube tray i have to say I got an air conditioner for my living room. I've lived in my apartment <gasps> for over you. a decade. I know. I, here's the thing about me. I've got a lot of contradiction in terms of like <laughs> how I look at money. None of me it is too. good. Sarah, mine is so odd. I made my own mayonnaise today. Okay. That's how oh, shrewd that's I am not... with, with a couple of things, but you don't know how I to don't make know that mayonnaise? I would. I don't think that, first off, dairy is not good for my tum, but like, I don't think There's that. There's no dairy in mayonnaise. Would... Is it just hatred then? <laughs> What's in it? It's bad. I don't like, I don't, I had a bad experience with my, okay. may her memory be a blessing, my Italian Catholic grandmother, um, Grandma Galley, when I was younger, she made me a bologna and mayo sandwich when I was a Delicious. small child. Delicious. Is there mustard on it? There was mayo. I don't do bologna or mayo. This is before the vegetarian era began. And I was like, I don't think I want this. And she said, you know, um, I put extra mayo. Oh, Lord. So and that's that, stuck and with I was, you. That's stuck in there. And I have been, and my, I got very upset. She was upset at me for refusing to eat it. I think there was like a tiff between my mother and my grandmother as a result. This is my dad's, essentially dad's stepmother. But I, I don't, I, I, Manny scares me. I don't, okay. I don't. Okay. I I don't go near it. I All don't right, trust it. Now don't listen. Tr- just... I, I do a vegan mayo. I'll okay. do an avocado oil mayo. Okay. All right. Well, my um, mayonnaise that I made today was an herbed mayonnaise, uh, and oh. it was avocado oil based. So mm-hmm. I got that going for me. But we'll move on from it. We'll move on from it. I'll keep that inside. I mean, I just have to sh- say shout out to fellow people who have been grievously harmed in their childhoods by the misunderstanding <laughs> of what mayo is until the the point of no return, especially if you were raised in part by Catholic grandmothers and know that they do not like many cultural icons they do not fuck around with you refusing to eat food like yeah we I'm a from a spaghetti a spaghettios culture like bring me my spaghettios <laughs> with my like crunchy Italian bread on the side do not do not pasco do not collect $200 or you know whatever else I don't I don't deal well with that but I do have to say that like with money I have never made sense like Mm. anything that was apartment like people who spend money on cars not just because I live in New York City so we don't have to deal with them Mm -hmm. but like I've never understood it I'm like buy the shittiest what it's not (laughs) like it's shoes it's not like it matters like I don't I'd never this was the first this past year first year that I had a, a my beautiful now beautiful apartment design like truly don't understand it but when I first moved into this apartment over a decade ago I didn't get an air conditioner my roommate had to for I think she was concerned about me had to force me to get an AC because I just didn't understand this the point of spending like $150 on something that will drastically improve your quality of life and possible (laughs) health and I just got an air conditioner for my living room it's the best I mean, I someone has to install it, and I don't know that it's going to... Th- I never thought that you're supposed to 
measure. Okay. Stuff. Okay. Listen, after this call, after we're done with, with the podcast part of it, I want you to show me the air conditioner. I've installed some air conditioners in my day. I just want to see what kind you have. I will, we'll see. You'll, you'll have to send me a picture or let me see it afterwards. Okay. So I got shout out. This is not sponsored windmill, which is supposed to be, um, uh, thanks to my beloved interior designer, angel studio piccolo. I was advised to get windmill. They were out of the regular one. So I got medium. Cause I assumed that all air conditioners in life are all the same size and medium just refers okay. to like the motion of the ocean. Sure. Like, your tush like you know what are you gonna do with that like maybe more pushing of the air than other stuff and I don't yeah. know that that is true because the box was huge and I opened the box I didn't measure it do I have a measuring tape thanks to Studio Piccolo I do have I used it I, I have not that is not okay. my journey so I tried holding up my arm but then I kept forgetting, like, and then my hands, too, where you, like, hold up both hands to try to measure something. But then I would forget how wide it was when I held it up to the window. Anyway, this I don't know what this thing is. This it's is, a tragedy. This is great it's content, too. I think you should put your phone on a stand and just no. live stream trying to put the air conditioner together. You know what? And all of their ads are like, this is so easy. I'm looking at the website like, right now. It looks like a breeze. <laughs> it looks like it's pretty easy. I mean, that's like literally their marketing is like, this is a breeze. And then I opened the box like it, they did everything in a very organized, efficient fashion. But I get very tired when yeah. I think about having to do things that I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And the extreme exhaustion that took over when this fucking box arrived. And the yeah. AC, the medium looks huge. And I just just want to know like can you maybe squeeze is there like a spanks for an air conditioning outlet can I squeeze this thing into the little window that it's supposed to go in I don't know I don't this know will, this, this will be interesting out. this will be interesting because I don't know the size of the window so I'm looking at their website and right now I, this is going to be an adventure I. I I'm going to be optimistic and say that it's going to fit um but we it shall see it looks big it I looks know. like a really, and you know, the temps this week in New York are not mm -hmm. fucking around. Not They're that not. I've ever been outside. Yeah. I'm never going outside ever you. again. Mm -mm. But it looks intense. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't yeah. know what's going to happen for me. Pray for me on this journey. Okay. Ha um, BCC, my super, who's 100% going to install it for me. Who are we kidding? <laughs> I texted him. I said, darling, <laughs> I need some help. Please help me. Oh. And it says, by the way, it's super easy. But then it's like on the in instructions, which I almost looked at, except the cover says, like, <laughs> you need someone to help you. I was like, well, game over. Oh, it's a two. Is it? A, did they say it's a two person task? Um, yeah, but they also said that, like, you need a second person to, like, lift it. And oh. I just kind of kicked it up a couple of flights. Oh, okay. Am I, well, I'm not responsible. Well, hmm. I, where is where's the AC for dumb people who don't want to better their lives? Like, where's the AC for people who don't want to learn how to do things? OK, like, so that, that AC, the, what you're describing is when you fill a cooler with ice and you put a box fan over it. That's a short term solution. But, but it works. I have to get a box fan because he's going to spend $30 to make my life a little. I would rather just stay in my bedroom, which right. is always icy cold. Just lay on the on the bathroom floor and just don't go outside. Wait for a couple of months. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. I think that like strategically makes a lot of sense. Just have tear. Just like literally don't use the majority of the apartment and just wait and eventually it'll be fall. Yeah. I think that like genuinely makes sense. It's it's a strategy. Thank you. Um, 
listen, thinking strategically, there is so much that has happened on social casting changes, people mm-hmm. losing their fucking minds, yep. let alone the content that we're getting. Can I just get a sense of your reaction to the alleged confirmed news that Tamara's coming back, noting, by the way, that she's going yeah. on Watch What Happens tonight with Vicky, so who even knows if this will be outdated when the up goes up, but... Few things enrage me to the point of wanting to, like, slap somebody around. But one of the things that does enrage me is every few weeks this happens, we get some random rumor saying so-and-so is cast on this or so-and-so is cast on that. And it's a whole kerfluffle and people come out saying yay or nay, yay or nay, yay or nay. And then someone comes in and says, you guys are dumb. That's not even happening. No one's casting. And I'm like, this is nonsense. There are other things. There's so many things to focus on. I hate those rumors so much. I'm like, just wait. It'll all... It'll all, you know, the the dust will settle at some point. But this happens all the time. Now, Tamara's whole thing, I am of the camp that this is kind of like fake outrage that Jill didn't leak anything, but this was a way of just like, you know, heating up social media and starting a war and getting, you know, attention. Because that rumor had been out for a while, a couple of days, and Jill just kind of like, first of all, nobody's watching Jill's stories and like taking her as the word on what's happening with Bravo. So to, te- to say then to yell all over social media and be like, Jill, you ruined it. And it's like, oh, Jill, Jill knew something. Jill had the scoop. I can see we disagree about that. And that's I'm okay. giving a little bit <laughs> of an eye just because. So Jill took to the subscribers only route of her Instagram, which did you know that was a thing? I had I no just idea learned about it. Just learned about I'm- it. I don't know what the difference is between subscribers and close friends. I don't Tim, use close friends because I'm uh, just not smart enough. I'm too. I think that. subscribers are close friends that pay you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jill had her luxury luncheon this weekend in Southampton. I was supposed to attend. I was not able to, but it looked phenomenal. Um, so she said, as a quick sort of one-off, I guess, but she did. Put it to her subscribers. Yeah. She said something along the lines of like, Tamara was asked back, my friend Vicky, who was at the luncheon where Jill was posting this video, is upset. She found out yesterday that she was let go. Sidebar, I don't know what it means to be let go from a job you haven't didn't have anyway. Held, but okay. Um like getting fired on your day off like Friday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tamara took to stories and said what like you're thirsty yeah jill called her oh gosh f off you're thirsty b the whole thing right and then jill and Allie both took to their social and was like this isn't essentially jill's fault it was just something that she read yeah but the way that she positioned it and the way that she told her subscribers like had she not clarified she had just read this stuff her jill clarifying and being like i was just referencing stuff that i read online doesn't make any sense to me when you're saying it only to subscribers and you're intimating that Vicky's upset because you spoke to Vicky, who you are with at your event. Like, yeah, that's true. That's where it gets muddled. And I'm a little team Tamara on this, you yeah. know, the part that I was not aware of was that Jill, I mean, sorry, that Vicky was at her event. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Vicky could have been the origin of it, but it had been out. So I don't know. Either way, I mean, 
I feel like there's no such thing as negative press with housewives. Mm. So then to make it a thing and to go on and yell at Jill only makes people pay more attention to it. So I don't know. I don't know. Either way, it's irritating. But how do you feel about the news itself? Uh, attempt, uh, oh, you know, about her joining Yeah, like let's assume, assuming that it is correct, Tamara's back, we know because they've confirmed that Noella and Dr. Jen are gone. How do you feel about Tamara's um, alleged return to Orange County? Well, I mean, I those were golden years, and I think they're probably just trying to, to recapture a little bit of the magic. You know, they tried it with Heather. Um whether or not that worked, I don't know. To me, I, I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, I definitely want to watch OC this week because Heather's on. Like, that didn't cross my mind. So, yeah. you know, maybe Tamara will shake it up a little bit. I mean, she she knows this forward and backward. Um, she might bring a little bit more entertainment than the show has had because, and it's so hard now, and I know we've talked about this, but like we've entered into a new generation of housewife who grew up mm. watching housewives. Mm. And so for someone like a Noella to join and they're making moves, but you know the playbook and you know that they know the playbook. And so it doesn't feel necessarily always real or authentic, you know, to go on camera next to a river and scream, you know, things like that. So maybe, you know, Tamara, OG, We'll, we'll spice it up a bit. What are your thoughts? Are you excited about it? It makes me wonder what it takes, honestly, because we have a sense of what Tamara is going to give us. I mm-hmm. think she's like pretty dependable in yeah. what she does and how she feels. You know, that's the joy of also her saying very publicly on various press outlets, including her podcast, I believe, but certainly on Jeff Lewis that, you know, she's pissed at Heather and feels like Heather stood in the way of her returning even earlier and mm. maybe, like, manipulated people into... I believe it. ...saying that Tamara wasn't appropriate because of her pod and X, Y, Z. But you have a sense of what Tamara's going to do. And she's left us little, like, blues clues of, like, this is who I'm going to go after. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to p- repair with Shannon, X, Y, Z. I wonder, though... Is it possible to have a first season housewife who's really acting as a first season housewife? Mm. You know, like, cause it, because the, the ingredients have changed because the instruction manual is in many ways so clear, like what, what does it take for a first season housewife to get a second season? Mm. It's interesting. Now, like something I noticed uh, last week's, Atlanta you know they had Mm. Lisa on Lisa Wu and she was season one and she came in hot and I almost like did first of all I didn't recognize her I was like who is this yelling I was like oh my gosh that's first that's season one Lisa so I'm thinking to myself Mm -hmm. watching her either this is truly who you are which is why you're like perfect real housewives material or you're bringing your a game with all guns firing to this dinner because you know you could get recast I don't know so I think you know, Tamara went and she did the podcast. And this is the part I find really interesting, Sarah. What is going to happen to their podcast now? Is she going to be able to still do a podcast as a live Real Housewife? I don't think anyone has ever... No, because the two housewives from Potomac have a podcast going while they're on the show. Yeah, and Heather Dubrow has one. I mean, oh, there are I, a I bunch of... And Melissa podcast. Gorga has one. There are but a bunch of housewives with pods. That just talk about housewife stuff, though? Because Teddy, um, Teddy, and Teddy and Tamara's one is just talking about like Bravo and Housewives, isn't it? 
Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, because I don't think that Giselle's and Robin's is specifically about. I don't think it is. Yeah, that's an interesting question. And then Heather's, I don't think, is just housewife stuff. It's like random things. Right, like her life. Yeah, so that's what I wonder about because they started it like something, the T with the two T's. I don't know. And so I'm like, how can you still be doing that when you are on the show? I mean, I think it gets into what kind of pod is it? Like, I do think it it sounds like it's a little bit of a recap pod as well as like a Mm -hmm. vessel of manipulation when it comes to Teddy Joe. I literally just took a drink of water. Thank you. I mean, I'm I'm right, but like it is it's it's Teddy Joe's price of admission to be Kyle's honorary, but maybe truest sister is to just absolutely defend whatever she or anyone else in the alliance does because yeah. Teddy has low self-esteem. Like, I, I don't even think it's like to get back on the show. I, I just don't think Teddy is comfortable having an opinion if it in any way holds her friends accountable, which is why Absolutely. she's in the Fox force. She's like a perfect member of it because yep. she's so full of shit. But um, I, when it comes to the pod, I'm not sure, but the Lisa Wu mention is interesting because What's the difference between someone who hasn't been on the show in a while wanting to come back on the show and make a splash? Like what happens if that is the how do you define or determine if that is the result of Lisa Wu catching up to what Housewives has become versus that just being who Lisa Wu is now? I don't know. You know, because you can apply that question to Noella, too. Mm-hmm. And I guess Dr. Jen, who no one cares about. <laughs> I mean, truly. But, like, how do you know from someone who you haven't seen in a long time or have never met before, what's the metric of determining whether or not this is, like, performative for the show versus your personality is just performative plus? I feel like the only person who really knows that besides Lisa Wu is you know, Sheree. I feel like your close friends oh, know yeah. when you're like putting on or if that's really who you are. Like my circle would know what would really make me angry. And it's sometimes we can tell as an audience, like what is fake outrage and, and what isn't. But I feel like some of the producers and, and people who work on the show, the magic happens when they can get real, true, um, you know, emotions and thoughts. And that's missing on a, on a lot of different, you know, casting choices these days I mean and the thing 100% and the thing with Noella is like she she came off as pretend as sort of play acting for the camera yeah. like there are, I think Emily raised genuine questions about what the fuck was going on with the divorce mm-hmm. did Noella know there's aspects of that that was that rang as false to me but I do think something happened with Heather and production mm-hmm. and it's like I do think I think so too right like Noella was called this like sort of maybe false personality mm-hmm. in some ways where it felt very performative but also what happens when that person who you're saying things you know who who's coming across as somewhat false says things that no one else is willing to say Absolutely. that seem somewhat true mm-hmm. yeah no I completely believed her about that because it just seemed like something Heather would do. And I really wish I had just listened to Jeff Lewis because he called mm. it a long time ago. And people are playing he that did. clip, uh, you know, again these days. But I remember I was watching that Watch What Happens Live uh, live in real time when he said that. And I was like, what? Really? And he was, I'm sure he was right. Like, I, I'm team Jeff on this one. 
Yeah, and I've been watching so many clips of flipping out recently and also Jeff Lewis live. <laughs> I like can't get over it, even he's though amazing. he's he's so complicated that like, he's like <laughs> truly so deeply toxic as a person. But he did call Heather Dubrow as being kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, which he's another one who has problems himself, but I don't think he would have any reason to go off and be angry and really tell us what he thinks about someone. So I'm going to say, okay, I think he's probably being really honest right there. Yeah, and you know who that actually reminds me of? And forgive me for this comparison, <laughs> but it is a little reminiscent of what Brandy Glanville is doing I almost on said it. Trip. I it's know. a little bit, don't you think? Yep, it is. Yeah. How would you characterize her mission or behavior, which I think are two different things, on the second season of Girls Trip? So to me, her emotional state, and I don't, again, I don't know if she's like imbibing the whole time, every time mm-hmm. we see her in an altercation. I don't know what her deal is. But when she fights, she fights like a middle schooler. Every single time she Mm -hmm. fights in a way that isn't even really a challenge. It's just mean every single time. Mm -hmm. So that can be entertaining, you know, to a point But obviously like she reached the end of that path with, Mm -hmm. you know, being cast on a show. Um, And I think she could be great, but she reverts back to this just uh, horrible way of feeling like this I'm really going to tell her now because I'm going to call her out on I'm just going to start cursing and I'm going to start calling her out on you know physical attributes and just like you've lost you've lost so that that's kind of my take on it like she could be great so close but not there and yet she's saying things to Dorinda like even in the little quasi flashback of um last week's episode when she said something to Dorinda that I missed the first time I watched it and I just like quasi rewatched before we started recording and it was something along the lines of like directly referencing Dorinda's behavior on this trip mm-hmm. and saying you are making mistakes now that will determine your potential path forward to New York and you're not helping yourself. Like, yeah, I mean, you said it way better. Kept me from my job. Yep. You said it way better than she did. I think it was something like, if you keep acting like this, they're going to keep you on pause forever. (laughs) How do we make sense of Dorinda's defensiveness of even that kind of guidance? Uh, You know, Dorinda's such an interesting one to me. And I told somebody in my DMs the other day, like, Oh, I get, I just get filled with such excitement when Dorinda starts fighting with someone. Like when she was mm-hmm. going off about the cupcake in their room, there's no talking to her and you just have to let it, like a toy that you've wound up, just let it keep doing its little thing and stomping its feet and, and whatever until it winds down. Don't get in its way. Don't try to bring logic into the situation. Like, but ma'am, you boxed a cupcake and put it in my room. Right. Like, don't, Literally. just don't, don't just say, okay, sets. you're right sounds great and move on but no one ever does that they poke her while she's already going off and to it is extremely amusing to me because nobody fights meaner than Dorinda right. when she's mad she's so mean I would never want to fight with her I'd just be like you're right and walk away but it's like that at a certain point there what's the difference between provoking someone and trying to defend yourself like at what point are these women allowed to say the way that you're treating me is unacceptable Dor- Dorinda then mimicked that when she when did Tamara she was did. crying she mocked <laughs> cried know. like 
So what mean. are we even watching? <laughs> I know. But here's what's so you're really stuck when you're fighting with Dorinda at Bluestone Manor, okay? And that's what I'm talking about too. You're not gonna win with this woman in her own house, all right? It doesn't matter that she, it was like, was the cupcake a test? I thought about this, Sarah, for probably two days straight. I would just be driving my car and be like, but she gave them a cupcake. <laughs> okay, <sighs> but what does Dorinda, what does winning mean to Dorinda? No one challenging her, I think. And thinking, and thinking that she's, you know, the best hostess that ever was, and she made it nice, and we had a wonderful time, and da-da-da, thank you so much. Do you think it's really about being seen as the best hostess for her? It could be. I think she's got a brand now, and she likes it, right? It's like certain things were brought to her attention, you know, once a show aired, and she identified with it. Like, look, if somebody, if a real housewife starts to make their own merch. I always find that very interesting because that means they are, are connecting with something that the fans liked and they want to keep that going. And so she has the whole, I made it nice thing. She sells the like aprons and the mugs and whatever. And so she likes that. And she talks about, you know, her, her history of like living abroad and they would have great parties and she bought this estate. She likes to host. She likes to do that. And that's, that's great. So I think for them to to challenge her at all on anything in that in that realm she was just going to go going to go off and she just doesn't have any boundaries cuz what i found super interesting too was um the first night when they had the whole vaccination kerfluffle Mm-mm. and she went off on vicky and i was like wiping tears of joy I, I loved it so much because i just love when dorena goes off number 1 but then to go off on vicky and calling her stupid was amazing <sighs> for the vaccination stuff and uh that was just great tv but then as soon as she's done yelling, she always feels really bad. And she's like, I want you to feel comfortable in my home. It's, it's a blessing to have you all here. And I think she truly feels that way. But when she pops off, she pops off. And it's just you get her raw Dorinda when she's mad. That's such a good point. You know, with the, this sort of just occurred to me while you were talking, I don't think I've, I have said this on an episode of Andu Scrolls yet. I don't know that I've considered it but for Dorinda so much of her anxiety over this house has mm-hmm. been financial has. understandably she talks about having someone yep. not take care of not being there to help her and help take care of her and mm-hmm. when it comes to this house I think it is as she has said an enormous sense of pride that she's been able to hold on to it but I think that there's a lot of anxiety there Absolutely. and I, I think a lot of it is financial and I wonder when it comes to the ways that she's treating these women, connecting the dots between Dorinda being seen as a great hostess and the amount of investment mm-hmm. in trying to monetize her brand with the aprons, with the candles, mm-hmm. with the bourbon, with drinking out of a Bluestone Manor mug mm-hmm. at one point. Like how much of her anxiety about being a hostess is connected in her head to like, if I fuck this up, I'm not going to be able to grow and monetize mm-hmm. this brand. And so when she explodes on people or maybe even in that confessional where she's expressing such shame about how I, I didn't do the job that I wanted to accomplish, I want to be seen uh, as a hostess, I think some of that is because of that role but I think a huge part of this and maybe her interest in coming back it understandably is that 
financial pressure that's on there, that thing that nobody's really talking about. I'm sure. I mean, when I look at the aerial of that home and I see mm-hmm. the entire scope of it, I can just like, just, I, I know the landscaping bill is probably enough to put like 10 people through college a year, mm. like the water bill to, to heat crazy. and cool that old home. What is the insulation? Mm-hmm. Like my mind just starts going. She had a flood. She fixed that. She completely redecorated the whole thing. She's got like yeah. a Sony carpet going up the stairs. Like my, and just, I'm ticking, I'm ticking stuff on the list. Like this is mm. very, very, very expensive. And so, you know, to, to say yes to Bravo wanting to host a real housewives kind of, you know, girls trip there. I'm sure she wants Bluestone Manor to, to live on in the Bravo sphere. And she's making it, you know, as nice as she can in order for it to keep doing that, to stay in her life and, you know, and on the show. And so it's just, it's very interesting to me, the choices that she makes, um, because I agree with you. I think this is a certain level of anxiety of, it's a lot for one person. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked she didn't have a house manager before this trip. She has to have somebody because she's not there all the time. So like who's maintaining things and when it snows and all of that. So it's really interesting to me. And I would, I would love it if, you know, she would go on and like talk about how Bluestone Manor really operates and da da da. Cause she talked about the cost of heating the pool. When she said that, I was like, yeah. say less, say less. I get that this is a financial burden for you. Cause let me tell you, if I'm heating the pool, and I'm talking about the cost of heating the pool, then it matters to me. Because guess who else talked about the cost of heating a pool? Erica Jane in her little casita. Mm. She's like, oh no, the heat the pool is too expensive. And then someone else talked about the cost of heating a pool. It might've been Ramona. Anyway, it's fascinating. And I'm like, who's not using solar hot water heater for the pool these days? So I'll throw that <laughs> out there mean... as a free idea. <laughs> but that is also the thing for for the second season of Girls Trip to have gone, I think, deeper than the first, but also it's just a very, very different journey, a very different ride with very different, so different. very, very different cast. Yeah. But there is a sense of like financial comfort that the mm-hmm. first season ladies have just by the by nature of the fact that most of them at that point were still employed housewives I think Cynthia was the only True. exception there and that's I a good what point her status was for these women who want to be back for all of the reasons I mean when Dorinda talks about what was the phrase that she used that Brandy was unlike it's because you were fired from the show when she said like she wants to still be seen uh, you know spoken of and, and not forgotten she's put on pause yeah right like before like the sense of like what does it mean to be she doesn't want to be forgotten and then brandy mm-hmm. connected the dots to like well it's because you're on pause and she's like no that's not it but 100 percent it is mm-hmm. to understand the financial pressures underneath that i mean phaedra at one point is like we're all wealthy women and i'm thinking like no you're not some of <laughs> you are not like brandy <laughs> like and and that's okay but it is also for a show that's all about escapism. It's like this is ostensibly supposed to be like a light and fun trip. But when you know the stress that's on some of these women to come back in the in the way that, you know, the financial rewards of that, mm-hmm. it does kind of change the temperature in a different way. Of course, it's going to be more chaotic and yeah. more tense. And, and let me say this, too. I wonder the same thing about, you know, Dorinda as I do with with Sonia, who I think, you know, is a great and a bright light and a nice comic relief on, on, Mm -hmm. on New York. 
And I loved that Sonia was always really honest about the townhome. And it mm -hmm. kind of reminds me of that. Like Sonia was tethered to the townhouse. Uh, Dorinda is tethered to Bluestone Manor. It represents a time in their life when things were great and they were yeah. happy and they felt and like- easy maybe, a different kind easy, of ease. And they felt like status, like I've made it because of this house, because of this townhouse, whatever. And their version of being hard up is so different from even an average American, let alone the rest of this world's opinion of what it is to be hard up, that I, you know, is Dorinda really hard up for cash or would she just prefer to have $500,000 in her checking account and she only has $100,000? You know what I'm saying? So I don't actually truly think that there are legitimate financial hardships. I think it's just she's at a different place now than she was forever ago when she was, you know, enjoying Bluestone Manor as. Um, you know, married to a very wealthy man who took care of everything. And so I don't think there's ever going to be a sense of ease for her because she has to do it all unless she's willing to like pay someone to really be like Bluestone Manor aficionado. I run it all. You don't have to think about a thing type situation. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really try truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. 
Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. I don't think she has those financial resources. I think this I is, know. you know, like this is like the whole thing with when the bubble burst and we saw all of that happen in OC and we saw that the curtains had like nothing but debt. I mm-hmm. think that a lot of these women are so overly, and I don't know if this is a real financial term because I'll never have to learn it, um, but like <laughs> I'll never have the resources to pretend, but like they're so overly leveraged that it's like it's not even a matter of keeping up appearances it's a matter of like we don't we just truly don't own this stuff you know like how that factors uh, we can talk a little maybe about like the rumors about Rinna stuff when it comes to like mortgages and whatever else I mean the tether that keeps you I would think connected to this show because of just the amount of money that it pays you at a certain point I would be annoyed with having to do it now here's something I was thinking about the other day first of all when I it started when I saw the uh because this came from I believe Ronald Richards was looking up Brenna's house or something isn't that where it came from I don't know and he saw that they owed 3.5 million dollars on the house that Harry has had since before he and Brenna were together which is like 35 Mm -hmm. 40 years they've had this house okay wow there's two trains of thought two two ways to look at this number one is they're bad with money they're in debt they you know the house should have been paid off forever ago. He probably paid two nickels and a, and a good handshake for it, whatever. Mm. Now they've leveraged it for who knows, any amount of reasons to help Amelia pay for an apartment, to invest in Rena's lip kits. I don't know. Or, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because it costs money to, you know. Yeah, I never even that. thought about that. Yeah, so, I our investors are like. And it reminded me of like choices that Tom Girardi made where he had owned that house, um, you know, the house in question for forever forever like you think he bought it in 68 or something for hardly anything Hmm. and it still had a ton of mortgages on it and if you go back and look through the history of the mortgages he would like partially pay one off and then take out another one and so 
it's either they're bad with money or they're doing a Tom Girardi where this is something I have, it's equity I own, the interest rate is low enough that I pull this money out, I live on this, and it's cheaper than, and like for tax reasons and whatever, because the government, you know, can't tax your debt, that it's a way to live. Now, I don't know enough about it. I wish I did, because this is not something they teach the proletariat. They just teach you like pay off your debts and go to work nine to five. But there's a whole thought process out there of the ultra wealthy living in debt perpetually because it's cheaper than spending your own money. I don't know. So that could be it. Either they're smart or they're dumb. And I don't know which one it is. With Rinna, though, what I mean, like, truly, I truly couldn't know less. But like, wouldn't it make more sense to just like own it in cash? Then you don't ever have these problems. Oh, I guess it's right. Because you're, you're using it to invest in other. Or you're I using see. it to buy or you're using it to buy clown shoes and purple jackets. Like, I don't know. You know, I mean, Lord knows her publicist has to, those billable hours in the last <laughs> couple weeks alone. That's got to be a mortgage's worth. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, she's a loose cannon on social media. It is sad to me that she blocks so many people. And I know including I said this. Including both of us. Including both of us. I've never tagged her. I've never commented on her page. I, who Guess whose page I have commented on at length? Erica Jane, when I first was educating myself about the scandal... She never blocked me, but Rinna can't hack it, misown it. I got things to say. I'm just, you I know, mean, it's disappointing. What do you think about her? This is very much like a dibble dabble in and outside of the episodes versus IRL, which is like essentially the path that we are now on as, mm. as, uh, as people inside the Bravo community. Like this is, this is what she's asking us to do. And I hate that I'm participating in it, but here we go. <laughs> what do you think about her social the last couple days even where she has said specifically explicitly shame on I know production mm -hmm. for not giving me slash my recently deceased mother more respect by focusing on the aftermath of her death you know again what's real what's not with Rena? it's always hard to know she And it's tough, Sarah. This is a minefield, and we can't really win unless we're willing to just go completely un-PC here. Because yeah, go, go a little un-PC, guys. Safe space. We say safe things. space. Safe space, safe guys. Space. Put on your put on your big kid Rinna clown shoes. Let me and say something. I've lost a parent. Let's just say some stuff. Oh, okay. okay. I've lost I'm a parent. So sorry. I'm Thank so sorry. you very much. And everyone, the the thing that that she really should be focusing on is that everyone loved her mother. She was a we love. She was a wonderful, you know, guest appearance. Where the Bravo sphere adored her. She's got a legacy now. This is another chapter in the book of her life. As she was on these shows, and people thought she was great. And somebody like I hope I'm that, you know, with it and and mm. chill and and fun when I'm fun. at that age, right? And mm -hmm. she had amazing longevity. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So for Rena to then say, I wish they had focused on it more, I feel like we are focusing on it. I mean, we're talking about the birds almost every episode. High Lois with the bird flying by. I got a lot of that. Um, we, get, we looked in memoriam. There were things that flipped back up on the screen of all the good times we've had. I remember them. You remember them. We were all mm -hmm. there. We we're all sad. Remember when her father passed? We were all sad about that. So I don't know. I just... This could be grief. This could be grief. But I feel like Bravo did do 
her justice. I feel like Bravo did do Lois justice. Do you have different thoughts? I really don't. I mean, unless Phaedra herself is coordinating the funeral, right? which is a spinoff that I would be interested in partaking in just, just even to see how, um, I, I, I want to, I would like to see more of that, but, um, unless I, I, I can't see a reason. I don't think, I don't think that there's anything that Bravo has shown that would potentially elicit that kind of response like it was the use of shame like shame yeah. on you and it's like okay cool but literally Rena, things that you have said on social that you've attributed to the grief of your parent uh-huh. makes me feel very uncomfortable because it it does read as like a little bit manipulative because when you're putting everything in the basket of I was not I can't be held accountable for things I'm mm-hmm. saying that because I was in a, a period of grief. It's like, but literally what, like what, but then I'm not seeing enough of my grief play out on camera. Yeah. I don't know. I think Bravo's responsibility is to, you know, show these women the stages of life that they're currently in. And you could make a valid, a valid argument that, you, we have not seen it this far as much of whatever she was feeling at that point this far. But there are also 75 episodes left in the season. So many. And also, like, what are, what else do you have? Are you saying that this is the reason you don't have a storyline? Because what's been going on the last couple seasons? Like, I, I don't, mm-hmm. I think you probably filmed a lot and maybe there just wasn't content that fit in the construct of this season but it's it it, it, when it gets into a when it gets into like these are examples of why my mother's memory was disrespected and she was celebrated and watch what happens and you went on a trip within 24 hours like I'm not understanding I totally get that grief is I, I think it's manipulative because like we can't even get into a conversation of the like staccato pattern of grief and the ways that people experience it differently yeah when you're doing it through the lens of like this is why I don't have this is why my storyline isn't being told because Bravo is not being disrespectful to my dead mother like there's something there that is so that it feels very strategic and manipulative because that's the Rina that we have experienced on social recently yeah and it it doesn't mean that she's not in a period of of enormous grief it doesn't mean that she doesn't have the right to be upset but the ways that she's positioning it especially when she's in hot water about her behavior on the show it it makes me feel very uncomfortable which I think was probably the goal yep absolutely it was and you know I think she even with blocking half of the world because I guess, who knows if there's people out there that forward her something. So if you say something not glowing about Rena, then she just blocks you. Because a lot of my followers were like, yeah, she blocked me too. And I don't know that I ever said anything about her. I think I commented once on somebody's page. It's like, well, how is this getting bad? Is she out here actively looking at page? I don't really know. Anyway, so to me, she wasn't in a couple of episodes and people started (laughs) making memes and tweets saying like, me sleeping well after not seeing Rena for the past three episodes, things mm. like that, enjoying, enjoying that she hadn't been featured as much. And so I think this is her response to that. 
not only not being seen, but people liking that she wasn't seen. And so now she brings, you know, Lois into it. I think that's a that's a really interesting point. And again, like, do I think that there is nuance here, regardless of whether or not it's deserved? Do I think that there is nuance in the question of like showing grief and showing your reaction to that? I don't know how many episodes she's seen, but I just think it's such a weird season so far that Mm -hmm. like why we haven't I don't know what she filmed with production. It's like I don't know. Maybe she filmed hours and hours and hours of her family mourning and trying to move through that grief. But it just does feel very pointed and strategic the ways that she is expressing her upset with the edit including her tweeting or putting on social something about like the fact that the show didn't show a scene Uh that she had filmed with Sutton where I'm like what's the strategy here I know that she has one I don't know that she does and and the thing too that Mm -hmm. I think is important to remember is that these are not the smartest people ever I mean even if they pay a PR firm doesn't mean it's the best PR firm So we're talking about a woman who, you know, picked out an outfit for her and her husband that had a swastika on it. So I'm always going to keep that in the back of my mind that she doesn't make the best choices. And so I personally think that she is just kind of roping wind here and looking to tell people like, feel bad for me. I wasn't in these episodes. They didn't talk about my mother enough. I'm grieving all of these reasons. I, I filmed a scene with Sutton, but they didn't show it. And a lot of people pointed out and rightly so look, even if they had shown the scene with Sutton, it actually would have made you look worse because then that would have shown that you actually met with her privately and already discussed this and then still showed up to that at her own house and called her out in front of everybody. So it doesn't, none of it made sense. I was like, why even bring that up? And if she's trying to shame Bravo producers on two fronts on not showing enough about her mom and the passing and what her family went through and then two, not showing the scene with Sutton, I'm like, why are you coming for Bravo producers so much? And I don't know how much uh, you know about it. I don't really know a lot about it, but apparently there was this producer that they all loved and he has recently stepped away. And so he'll no longer be on it. And a lot of people are saying like, oh, thank goodness he's gone because you know the click, the Fox Force 5 loved him. And so they won't be able to just like skirt through their issues anymore. Hopefully there's a new producer on who makes them actually talk about you know, things that are happening. Um, and doesn't give them just like the best edit ever. So I don't know. There's some weird things I think happening behind the scenes. I don't know why she would come for Bravo producers when she already hasn't been in a couple of episodes. I would be really nice to them at that point because you want to be in more episodes, right? Right. I just like she's very there is a canniness to Rinna and an explosiveness too. and the explosiveness the own it has often worked in her favor And it does feel like she's fallen out a little bit with the fact that she doesn't seem to be as much of a presence, which is where I wonder how much the um, I was coming from a place of grief, regardless of whether or not, again, that could be true in many ways, how that will factor into her seeming happy participation in the Richard sisters duel later Mm. on in the season, it's like there's usually a gleefulness with Rinna and how she fucks with people. Mm -hmm. That's even if you don't see it at the top, it's 
brimming below the surface. Like I see that with fucking oh, yeah. with Sutton. And I wonder even how she will react publicly to whatever happens with Kathy and Kyle. Because my guess is that on camera, she's going to have like a shit eating grin. Absolutely. What was that scene where she and Erica looked at each other and they were just smiling? Oh, Sutton ran off crying. That's what it was. Mm. Sutton ran off crying and they both looked at each other and smirked. And I was like, oh, God, this show is so toxic. (laughs) I mean, there's a darkness there. So if we're not covering the... um, sometimes exhausting level of grief or the the uh, pursuit of understanding and how a person grieves. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just don't know that, that Rinna would be the person whose story would be told at that level. And yet we see the level of like darkness mm-hmm. with Rinna in many ways that, does or doesn't have anything to do with Lois because we've seen it for so many seasons where she does genuinely like to push those buttons. So it's interesting to see her pursue a narrative that is in and of itself somewhat pure in the idea of like, I want to be able to educate people about grief, which is I think what she's trying to say, or at least I want to be able to share that perspective. She's just doing it in such a way you know, I posed on Instagram, essentially, is Rinna right? And again, safe space, um, you know, is Rinna right in in trying to hold production accountable for not sharing uh, the story that she felt they should tell? And it was like overwhelming 90, 91% said no. Mm. And I just think that that kind of response is interesting. Like if it was another housewife saying this, would that perspective be believed that they're really coming from the place of like this story should be told on reality TV. That's a tough one. I think there's two factors there. One is, as you're saying, we know that Rena is full of crap and we, she's lied and you know, so many times. And then, you know, behind the scenes, like the time when she talked about Kim being near death and then gave the quizzical face. And then in her uh, little confessional was like, I really just don't remember saying it. And we're like, what? It's, what? So there's just been so many instances that you accept her for what she is and know that she's just like kind of, you know, full of crap and she's going to yell at all the housewives to get up and dance for Andy's baby shower. Like she's just on that level 10 all the time doing what's needed for the, for the likes and the views and the audience and whatever. Um, And then you ask yourself, but didn't they do it adequately? And so to me, they did do it adequately. So already it's a false argument in my mind because I'm like, I thought they did a nice job. And so I'm like, what are we yelling about? I'm like, oh, it's Rinna? Oh, it's Rinna yelling? So there's two factors. Like, calm calm down, Rinna. Like, you know, feel free to, you know, take some of that 3.5 million that you took out of the house and pay a production company to do a beautiful Mm -hmm. video about Lois and share it on social media because God knows you're on there every damn day sharing everything, every thought in your head. So feel free to do that and you do it on your own time. Share that with us if you want. What would you have liked them to make? You make it. You make a video of you and your family talking about Lois and you put it out. And there's something to be said for the fact that Rinna felt, and this is not a critique of this. I think this is genuinely how life That's Rinna calling. Is. She found you. I know Rinna literally found me and her publicist is like, we blocked you, but now we want to report you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is to me a story that can be told even in how we view housewives with the fact that like within 24 or 48 hours of her returning from 
you know, I'm assuming the funeral and, and everything that happened with Lois that she went on a trip. And I think for a lot of people, you can be you can feel rushed and pushed back to force back to like return to work if mm-hmm. you don't have um, if you if you're not afforded the time, you know, I would think a family member, a parent passes you, especially in this country, like you're just not given the time to grieve. That's like the unfortunate nature of capitalism is that people are often pushed back into returning to work quickly. And then, you know, dealing with the fact that people may send you a, uh, you know, condolences card, but are they really respecting the fact that maybe you're not ready to return to work like yeah. that I think is an interesting conversation where I don't want to like guilt trip her for returning to work after 24 hours mm-hmm. I think she said uh, or felt probably something along the lines of like I have to return to my job and here we are I mean I'm not comparing one to the other but just saying like Dorit filmed within 24 hours of being of a violent robbery these are not great circumstances you might be further triggered by having to cope with this stuff on camera but that being said there are other housewives who have dealt with trauma and have returned and with Dorit we're seeing her go through her trauma responses we're seeing her cope with it and also deal with other things and face other pressures and be judged for her behavior in Mm -hmm. many ways appropriately. And with Rinna, it's like a little bit of, there's a difference there in her feeling like, but this is the time in which I should be garnering only sympathy. And that's just not going to happen in the housewives world. A part of your job is people many months later calling you out. Yeah. And the, and the thing too is, and again, uh, you know, asterisk, I have lost a parent, and I'm not saying that you have to have lost a parent in order to have empathy for the situation, but I definitely have a different kind of, you know, empathy for it, sympathy for it. But um, so first of all, that's terrible. And grief takes many forms. And, you know, her mother was older, and I'm sure they knew this was coming. Like, again, Lois had amazing longevity. I think she was, what was she in her 90s? I can't even remember anymore. She was in her 90s and in excellent. I mean, amazing. They were very, they seemingly were very lucky to have had yes. her that long and in that good health. And Absolutely. And so she went on the yeah. trip and she said she would have wanted me to go on the trip and have fun. And, and, and so I felt like we're, we were all good. Like, okay, great. We're in a healthy place. I'm sure it's still devastating, but she would have wanted you to go. And so we're moving on and we're going to enjoy the trip and we're going to see, you know, uh, a nice dedication to Lois, which is great. And people are, are passing everywhere all around us all day long, and they will not be given a memoriam on a television show. People will not know their name or their face. So to me, I thought it was wonderful that her mother had that and that we all got to know her. And that was a great thing. So it's, it's odd then that she would say shame on Bravo for not doing it the way she wanted to do it. And I stick to, I stick to my idea now. Cause I really like it. Cause I think if it was my parent, nobody would do a better in memoriam than me. Right. So she could do that if she felt like it was something that was missing or a story was untold, but this is Rinna. This is, this is classic Rinna to not be held accountable. And it's like, if you, if you want to be handled with kid gloves, then, I mean, she's coming for a fight in a lot of these episodes. So I don't know why she thinks that, you know, she would somehow 
be able to just do and say anything that she wants to do and say. Um, and she prepped Diana, obviously, for this Diana V. Sutton season that we're watching, which is already just ridiculous. But I, I really do think that Rena, you know, coached Diana to come in with some like taglines and stuff to come after Sutton. It just seems too canned. It is kind of interesting to see the parallel. I mean, a lot of people are making comparisons with like, where was your level of empathy and sympathy for Lisa Vanderpump, who lost a parent? Absolutely. And I think that there's validity there. And there's also the sense of like when it came to LVP's entrance onto the show, which is a different sidebar, but like with Dorit, who obviously seemed to have the idea of what her role would be or how to be an ally to her good friend, Lisa. I mean, you look at the Diana of it all and Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't think you could coach Diana in that way because of the level of power that she just feels in her own like life or whatever. But there is an interesting, seemingly obvious alliance here of like, well, was it that Diana was told something was a piece of shit? And so that's why she just immediately doesn't trust her or gotta be. Or is Lisa just seeing an in and helping further that along? No, I mean, I think Lisa and Diana go back a long time, you know, with the whole Room 23 book and whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that Diana, to me, has a really, really big ego. And why wouldn't she? She's had a lot of money for a long time and a circle Mm -hmm. of people around her who tell her she's great and, like, dust your hotel rooms and stuff. So for her, I think it would be pretty easy to come in there and be like, hey, Diana, you're so wealthy and amazing and beautiful and perfect. The audience is going to love you. And you could be, you could be so wonderful if you came in and really set Sutton straight. And, oh my gosh, it'd be so great. You'd be the star of the show. So I think there's a way of doing it where you're kind of like building that ego even higher. And here's mm. how you do it. And here are the things you could say and blah, blah, blah. So, because every, every single Diana scene, I'm like, she really thinks she's doing something. Like she's, she's saying lines are a little bit off. She's trying to come for Sutton's neck and it's not really working. And we're all feeling bad for Sutton instead. And then Kyle's trying to help and Lisa's trying to help and Erica's smirking and looking at Diana's clothes. And I just feel like they all were very excited for this super wealthy woman to join and be this like star that they were going to, to back and it's not working. Do you think that Diana's watching the show? I don't know if she can handle it. I think she's got a really, really, really thin skin. She never should have been cast or whoever cast her probably figured out pretty quickly that she's going to be one and done and they were fine with it because her going off the way she did on social media on a Philly Diva, that was shocking. I was like, you lost your cool for that? You showed your ass on social media for that? Like, that's nothing. You can't handle this. You shouldn't be on this show. You got to be able to laugh at yourself. And that is one thing that I will give credit where credit is due to like Dorinda and others. If you can laugh at yourself, I think you'll last a long time. If you can't laugh at yourself, like I'm shocked Lisa Renna has, has been on this long. And I don't know if she's always been this way. This might be a recent development of like the past two years when she's been backing Erica Jane, I think, or Erica Girardi uh, slash... Um, can't remember her, her original last name. It's fine. It's fine. But you know what I mean? I think Rena can't handle the path she's chosen and can't handle the feedback. And it's like, if you can't handle the feedback, the solution is not to turn off the faucet of feedback. <laughs> the solution is to change the behavior that people are not liking or do something else. 
But I feel like that's the conflict with Dorinda right now is that like Dorinda can't handle this. She it, she doesn't want to know why she was put on pause, but she's obsessed with the fact that the word used was pause. Like oh. she doesn't want to understand the reasons that her storyline felt pretty dark, but she's obviously uh, obsessed with the term because it gives her hope. Like learning the lessons that she would need to learn and potentially changing her behavior might feel hopeless to her because she doesn't want to do it. But she very much wants to enforce the fact that there is hope in her potential return. True. Because in her eyes, she was put in a temporary timeout. Like, mm. with the Diana stuff, nobody's going to put Diana on pause. Diana's going to walk herself, like, off of this show True. and never come back. I don't think it's it's a matter of them not asking her back. I think she holds all the cards in her life. But it is kind of interesting to me to watch that final scene with Sutton because I wonder like is Diana able to re-watch the Garcelle party stuff and watch that scene and think to herself like maybe I was wrong or does that video stuff just back up as evidence that in her eyes she was right and Sutton was just saying I had two pregnancy losses I had two miscarriages because you're saying that you had one and I do want to one-up you like in her head is she just convinced that she's right and no matter what is shown on tv she will never believe anyone else's spoken intent I mean I tend to lean that way for most people who live in a bubble um Mm. I would say that's probably how it's going to go because she's got a cacophony of people around her who you know, their livelihoods depend on her being happy. So I, I doubt that she's got anybody being super real with her, like, hey, um, you know, that's kind of just how Sutton is. And she was really just trying to connect with you. And she cut her some slack and you guys would probably actually have a good time. Nobody is going to say that to Diana, I don't think. They're just going to be like, you did great. No, and you looked great. No, that hat fit your head perfectly. Yes. Like, it's just... It's the same stuff over and over and over again. So I think she's going to come to the reunion looking to fight and talking about Sutton, trying to one-up her, um, and it's just going to keep going like this. And it's classic Beverly Hills these days. I mean, isn't that the greatest privilege at the end of the day, to never have to ever be held accountable? Mm-hmm. It really is. For anything. Which and you're is never why, wrong. You're never wrong, which is why one wonders why you went on this show. But right? I guess her experience Maybe her experience is that she continues to be 100% right, and anybody calling her out on social is just honestly wrong. Okay, here's what I find fascinating. Here's what I find fascinating. As soon as I said nobody's going to be honest with Diana, I remembered Crystal. That Crystal called her yelling is what she said and was like, what, what Diana herself this? said. Yes, yeah. is what Diana herself said and was like, what did you just post? That's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And so maybe Crystal is that person. I don't know how long they've been friends. I don't know if she listens to her. She obviously listened to her about that one thing and then posted something saying, that's not what I meant, even though I capitalized it and said it to a person who had between five and 10 followers at the time. So. That I think you're a content creator, even though there were no other. Yep. Her, uh, Diana essentially saying when I said, I forget the exact It must be hard being a black content creator. creator. Mm Mm-hmm to someone who hadn't posted memes before had at that point a relatively small brand new she just started it that week and is a black woman i mean and yet she's surrounded by people 
isn't it it has to be a strange experience to have the kind of pushback that diana has received for maybe i mean who knows what she's experienced but like for maybe the first time in her adult life aside from questions about her book Mm -hmm. which gets into like what is the intent of what this woman was doing what was the intent and like how are you processing this you know the the whole experience of being a housewife and not being particularly well liked nope no fans. I don't think there's any like, oh, Diana's the best. I, don't, I haven't seen any merch. Uh, I haven't seen anything going around. I mean, that also, though, gets into the like, it's so interesting that these are the two women who are aligned because I think that there are strong Team Rena supporters because she has given, you know, some great camera time in the yep. past. But for Rena too, it's like you're dealing with a lot of visceral negative feedback by I'm sure the thousands. Mm -hmm. How do you process that for Rena? She's taken the route of saying that people aren't fully being given the opportunity to maybe feel empathy for her by this footage that, you know, we don't know what was filmed, but like by this footage of her exploring her grief not being shown and with Diana it's like you just don't know me and the me that you've seen I mean so what you know yeah I mean I think and again it's great that she gives a lot to charity that's the one I think redeeming quality she's got massive wealth she married well she did a book she's got drinks that she sells um you know but it seems to be a lot of Barclays money that she had from her you know ex-husband and I'm sure she helped him create that because I think it's something like 90% of you know high achieving men have uh you know a spouse that doesn't have a, a job outside of the home so they literally have somebody making their life easy Easier. to succeed right. to just focus yeah, on work and not have to be like where are my socks you know yeah. and that that was usually the way of it and so she I, I don't begrudge her the money is what I'm saying she earned that money I would never begrudge anyone money for helping a spouse get to a high level of achievement because that is day in day out work Mm -hmm. but you know she gives a lot of it away I think that's wonderful she talked about that a few times that's great I saw an old clip of her I'll have to post it where she cut a check on an old reality show when people were raising money she didn't even hesitate um but I think that's I feel like so far that's where it ends like she seems to be really coming in strong with a mindset against, you know, certain castmates, she's not interested in finding middle ground. I don't know why she went to that lunch. Why go to the lunch if you're already shut down and you're not even going to listen to what she's saying to you? Just stay home. Yeah, I mean, a lot of bad people donate a lot of money to charity. Absolutely. Tom Girardi always cut a check without hesitation. You know, we gave over $2 million in charity last year, in case you were wondering. Right. There's that uh, There's that video clip of Erica at a book signing, like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously looking for the um, gratitude that mm-hmm. I'm sure she received of like, wow, how great that you're being so generous with this money that we now know you st- that your husband. <laughs> yeah, the orphans <laughs> didn't need it. It's good that you cut a check to politicians and, right. and charities. <laughs> Like helped your husband continue to defraud. Yeah. Um, so he kept his clout in LA for a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, this is, I feel like if there was maybe a theme to this episode a little bit, it's like the clout chasing of yeah. housewives, like the, 
the cost of that and then like the repositioning Mm -hmm. of you know what's left on the cutting room floor versus how am I fighting back a negative critique I mean it's all very murky it's just so wild that we still have 700 episodes of Beverly Hills to go I mean like I wonder what that will reveal I wonder how much of like forward thinking Rinna is doing because she knows of what is going to happen later on like I wonder how much of this is just setting up a narrative that she can push on the reunion yeah and honestly I'm gonna say I'm getting really weary of watching Sutton be like this punching bag oh god and I'm starting to ask myself like why is Sutton on this damn show like on social media she's like on a yacht in the Mediterranean I'm like she like Diana, has legitimate resources, like actual deep pockets. She doesn't need the show. And she is the target for just so much hate and vitriol. And Kyle grabbing her the way she grabbed her and shook her around and she held her little arms tight like she was a little kid who did something wrong, that was really hard to watch. So I don't know. I don't understand the draw for Sutton at this point, but I'm glad she's there because there's very few people who are not in the click on the show but it is getting difficult and I hope the rest of the season isn't like that well the difficulty to me is like seeing Kyle posting adoring comments uh-huh. of like XOXO on Sutton Social and mm-hmm. knowing that you know they've repaired and it's like okay well if you want to if this person has been a better friend to you than what we've seen on this show and you want to forgive them you have every right to do that but I just it makes me feel a little sad because like Kyle is not the same kind of friend nope. to Sutton and Garcelle that she is to these other women, exactly. regardless of whether or not they're still on the show. And it's just so apparent that you're being Sutton specifically is like because Garcelle sees it a thousand percent that like Sutton's being manipulated. Yeah. And it's like if you want to be mistreated by this person, you're not the first person on the face of the planet to have a friend who consistently does you wrong. Like yeah. if you want to do that, like that's that's 100 percent your call. But like, my God, when the reunion comes around, I hope that you will be able to cite and remember the things that she did that we thought were like maybe a little bit of a violation Mm -hmm. of your friendship, let alone like physical boundaries, because the way that she is brushed, the way that Kyle is brushing this off on social is tough. I mean, like Kyle in that weird Instagram stories apology didn't even mention the physical stuff. She might not even see it. I don't know that Sutton does, but a lot of us did. Mm -hmm. And I just hope again, when the reunion happens, I don't know. They're such good friends with each other, X, Y, Z, quote unquote. And it's like, okay, like if you want this person to be a good friend and you believe her when she says she cares about you, okay, like you're not the person in the, like I don't think this is like a, Mm -hmm. to either of them considered like a show friendship, but it's like, okay, well, (laughs) me just saying, okay, over and over again, like, okay, if this person (laughs) like says she's a good friend to you and cares about you and treats you like this, and you want to accept that uh, okay like mm-hmm. I, I don't know it it's it's up to you it's but... beyond toxic beyond toxic and that's why i really did enjoy um oh gosh there was a video that was put out too but i'll find it um even last season do you remember last season when sutton talked to kyle in like a little garden area behind one of their houses i can't remember who it was and she told her a couple of things. Kyle just takes anything Sutton says to her and brings it back to the click and kind of 
half tells it or tells it with attitude. And so then they just get more and more fired up against mm -hmm. Sutton. And I don't know. I just don't think she's a real friend. It was DJ Richie's guy. That's who made it. He made the whole like toxic friendship Yay, Richie. video. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, I think it's so true. And I keep tagging her Sutton. She's one of the few housewives that I'm like tagging. Cause I just get so frustrated with her that she seems like she's one of those friends you would have, like you're saying that just keeps going back and, and maintaining a relationship that you see mm -hmm. is doing them nothing but harm. And it's really, really hard to watch. And anytime that I would write on my stories, like Kyle is not your friend. She's taking everything you say back to her little friend group so that they can pick it apart and use it as a reason to attack you the next time you're all together. Stop doing this. And Sutton just kept filming with her one-on-one, -on -one, kept filming with her one-on-one. -on -one. It would just happen so many times in a row. Uh, so I don't know. That's getting old for me. I mean, it's the difference between mutual affection and mutual respect. Yeah. And it just feels like this woman is not respecting you, or at least she knows that she can manipulate the things that you say. Are, and are you comfortable with that? Maybe you are. Maybe like you are understanding the game and how it's being played. Maybe. And maybe like you guys are winking at each other. It just mm -hmm. doesn't come across that way from Sutton's reactions. No. And I think that's why it's helpful that there has been a little bit of a wave of critique against Kyle, because I think that's honestly more interesting. And, um, and I'm curious to see what Sutton will reference at the reunion and if her voice will break through because so often Kyle manipulates even holding herself accountable by like joking about how hard it is to mm -hmm. apologize to Sutton. I mean, it's why on Atlanta this week, I really appreciated Kenya at the end of the episode. Me too. Just saying to Marlo, you're toxic. The way that you're speaking to me and trying to tie this stuff up with a bow mm -hmm. is not it's just it's a lie like yeah. you're if you if this is the way that you are friends with someone no of course I don't want that because yeah. it's shitty and it's not healthy and the way that she just said that out loud I thought was like incredibly impressive because to me she wasn't wrong now Kenya has annoyed the crap out of me in previous seasons I'm adoring her this season I'm, I'm adoring so her. Into her I am so into her Same. and also I do think it's like kind of funny that they're going through this Bethany Ramona um <laughs> uh kind of weird role and guys just hang in hang with me a little bit there in the sense of like Marlo being like, if you don't stay at the house, you're not yes. allowed on the trip. She and gave Kenya her an being ultimatum. Like, she did, which like, sweetie, like you're filming a cast thing. So I don't know how much of that production will push unless they think that that's super interesting. Because yeah. when Ramona invited herself to Mexico, there was this like awkwardness of like, is Bethany going to invite me? And f eventually she was like, it's a cat. She essentially said out loud verbatim, except not literally verbatim, spiritual verbatim. It's a cast trip. Work. I'm going no matter what. You're pretend hosting it, but you don't have a choice but to have me there. So I will see you in Mexico. <laughs> like it's this sort of the same vibe, except with the introduction of if you don't film at the house, yep. you're not allowed to continue. If you don't stay at the house, if you don't sleep there right. at night. Right. Yeah. And the, the introduction of the kiddo to me is like, oh, maybe this is the asterisk that Kenya can get around, but also is Marlo even in the position to make that determination? Yeah, I I watched that and I, oh God, it was good. It was, it was good. really, it was good. really good. 
And I just felt like it was so honest and so real. And she was really talking to her. And, and look, here's the thing about Marlo. She's amazing TV. She was built for this, right? She's got awesome one-liners. But she does this facetious thing where she says things that you want to believe and you wish they were true, but you know she's just being full of crap to hurt Kenya. And it's so unfortunate. And she's another one of those ones who just fights dirty, cuts to the white meat every single time. Mm-hmm. the first cut out the gate not even like a few cuts in so it, that was really hard to watch because i'm like there's no way there's no way to fight with marlo to disagree with marlo i think candy might be the only one who could really connect with her on that mm. maybe you're shaking your head now i okay. mean that's not going well in real time <laughs> or on the show but it seems like Marlo's really trying to to seek out something with candy this season because she wants to learn from her, her about raising kids so she's mentioned it a couple of times and so it seems like she's really trying to make that happen so I feel like if anyone could talk to her this season that might be candy but she's not listened to anybody when she's mad at all yeah I don't know how much of that is I don't know how much of that is seeking I don't know when Marlo says that candy hasn't been a good friend to her and candy's like you haven't been a good friend to me like I in previous episodes I just I'm not quite sure because she's very cutthroat in how she is dragging Candy when she speaks of her to other people Mm. in confessionals. And with the Kenya stuff, too, like not to say that Marlo hasn't been mistreated by Kenya. Obviously, she has. But like Kenya's listing recent examples of things that Marlo has done, like saying she lied about being pregnant. And Marlo's reaction is like, well, I still think you were lying about being sick, Sick, which in COVID times when a doctor is telling you you're not allowed to film and you have your glam on because you're thinking you're going to go filming, but you're being told you can't film to use that as like a way to Mm -hmm. call out someone's character is just so weak to me. It's like not a good argument. And yet that is the thing that Marlo's going to reference. It just feels very, um, I don't cheap. Yeah. It feels very cheap. Yeah. And that was a shame. That was a shame that she got so much heat for that. And it's like, I'm the first person to say, thank you. If you're not feeling well, Mm -hmm. feel free to pull the cord and say, I'm out. I'm not coming to this. I'm not going, I'm not going to expose you. I might have something. I'm like, great. I don't even care what it is or if it's five minutes before. To me, that's the most thoughtful thing you can do. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why they were so pressed about that, but she definitely was. And I feel like it's another situation where once Marlo has made up her mind, it's almost like the Diana thing. Like, you're just not going to be able to talk any sense to her about it. It's very, uh, it's already biased. It's already done. And she, I don't know what she was trying to do with that ultimatum. That was the meanest thing ever. Like, well, if you don't, if you don't stay there with us, then you can just go. I'm not interested in having you hang out with the girls for the rest of the trip. It really was some middle school, high school stuff yet again. And again, I don't think that she even has the power to do that. There's no way that they're going to not film with Kenya anymore because Marlo's upset that she's not staying at the house because she brought her child. And just to devil's advocate for a second, for Marlo to be hosting this trip Mm -hmm. and then feel like she's being disrespected. Yeah. I could understand her being like, if you're not going to play into this wink and a smile that this is my trip, you're not going to film. Like either you play into the fact that I am the host of this trip 
or you're not on this trip. I'm not going to have you fuck with this. I am a first time housewife, full time peach holder. (laughs) Regardless of what I have done to you, you're going to participate in this dynamic. You staying at another house is poking a hole in the bubble of the universe that I have created with my peach of the fact that I am hosting. I did the fancy cars. <laughs> I did this. I'm calling it a cabin in the woods, but it's like a fucking chateau. It was a like, huge mansion. Yeah. It is a huge fucking mansion with trees. Like we're not. And a concierge. <laughs> That's the most important And part. a concierge team, yeah. by the way. And so you're going to participate in this dynamic. And if you don't, then we have a problem here. So I get Marlo's frustration, but I also a thousand percent get Kenya's perspective. And I do also think that the reunion is going to be a shit show Mm -hmm. because Marlo will be there the entire time and gets very cutting. Yes. She cannot help herself. She cannot. And Kenya's a trigger for her, maybe because Kenya doesn't allow her to get away with it, but she's going to be dealing with Kenya and Candy Mm -hmm. at that point. And, you know, Marlo's tough, but she's not going to have Sheree doing the giggle factory at that moment unless (laughs) the women are also dragging Sheree for smiling and joking and some of this stuff. Like, it's going to be a different dynamic, and I would not fuck with Kenya at a reunion. Like, you can insult someone quick. You can be, like, an insult comic, Mm -hmm. and we get the kind of humor that that is, but... I would not, I don't ever bet against Kenya. And I think the way that Marlo has come at her, I don't know. I'm not sure how this is going to go. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting too, that, that, you know, Kenya, when being poked like that, she really Mm -hmm. was just like record scratch. You seem like you're the one that's hurt. Let's talk about this. I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. that's so aware. That's so true. Like, why is she acting this way? Why is she so mad? when they ridiculed you for bringing your child before and they were all annoyed. So you did the courteous thing and got a different house. Again, all of this could have been settled with a quick text of like, Hey, I'd like to come, but of course I have to bring my child slash want to bring my child. And so I'm going to not annoy you all. I'm going to get a separate, like figure that all out before you go. But this is real housewives baby. So we do it on the fly. And the point of that is to not provide that respect. The, mm-hmm. the point of it, which is, I think, why Marlo is so pissed is because that didn't happen. She yeah. wasn't even given notice that Kenya was coming, you know, yeah. like and then, you know, blames it on Candy. But it's like, OK, well, this person is showing up because that's the terms of her employment, but she's not going to do the thing that you want her to. And what does that mean for the show? Like, yeah. do, do you think that? What do you, I mean, we saw a clip, but, but of Kenya talking in her, I assume other housing. I I don't know that that means that she continues on the trip. You know, if it was me, I think, or, or most people alive, now it's a line in the sand and Mm. now you would find my skeleton outside that mansion. Like now Mm. I'm not setting foot in that mansion because you've made it such a big deal Mm-hmm. And you've tried to like publicly shame me for it and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. So I think, and I, obviously I think that was Marlo's intention. I think right. she was just looking to like escalate it and push it to a breaking point and Kenya will not break. Like she's not breaking for you, Marlo. She's not going to do it. It's real hard to assert power if the other participant is saying, no, thank you. I'll pass. Yeah. It's yeah. real hard 
because she can still assert herself. But then it's like, oop, can, again, poking bubbles, mm-hmm. poking the bubble of the universe of this thing. Kenya saying, I'm not going to do it. And what do you do with that? Because it's not Drew saying that. No, <laughs> no respect to Drew, but like it's someone with real power and authority yeah. in the cast who's saying, I'm not going to do it. And I yeah. think that that is a tri- ob- it's an obvious apparent trigger for Marlo. Listen, you know I die for you and your beautiful, soothing, calm, app-esque voice, Aww, the tenor. I'm so excited that we are going to BravoCon. I'm so excited to see you and oh. to... Um, have some togetherness. Uh, this shit better be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And to anybody, I know that they're releasing one day tickets. And to anybody thinking, we talked a little bit about this at the um, uh, before recording, but um, you know, both of us having event backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's a delight as an event consultant to have seen <laughs> how successful 2019 was and what a good job they did. And so to anybody considering going even for a day or a weekend, I really, you're not going to regret it. It's it's truly, they did such a fantastic job in 2019 and I cannot imagine what they're going to do in 2022. It's, it's I'm, I'm really, really excited. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason why I broke and, and got a ticket was that I had put a question out there to my followers. Like, the pre-sale, I let that go because I did the same thing I did last time, which is I stared at it. I stared mm. at the dollar amount. I hear you. And as I was squinting at the dollar amount and really thinking about worth and value and, and things you could do with that money, they were gone. And so I was like, okay, you can't go in there wondering if this is the right mm-hmm. thing to do. Like you got to go in gotta, being like, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go. I'm going to take. Yeah. So I put the question out after that to my followers and I was like, hey, should I go or not? And a lot of people were like, you know, hell no, don't go. Don't. There's other things you could do with that money. Like, go live your life. But I mean, this is living your life. It is. It is. But then, you know, a decent amount, a good amount. It was pretty. It was almost 50-50. It was like 56, you know, 40, whatever. And the other half was like, no, you should go because we want to know, like, Mm. from your perspective, is it worth it? Is it fun? And some of us can't go. And so Mm. we'd be kind of like living through you if you go. And so... I'm envisioning myself as an avatar, and that's how I'm going to go. I love that. And I really, truly have to say that in 2019, we had no idea what the experience was going to be like. I really hadn't put a ton of thought into what it was going to be. Like, I didn't have, and this is no insult, but it's not like I had high expectations because mm-hmm. we had never experienced it exactly. before. So this year, I have high expectations because I know how incredible it was in 2019. And <laughs> And also, you know, Brandy and so many of us are begging for a girls trip reunion. And somebody's response on social, I forget who it was, was like, that'll be the BravoCon panel. And I I do hope that girls trip gets a reunion. (laughs) I don't know that that will happen. But if not, that panel is going to be psycho. Yes. like that is a that is going to be the must do panel that's just going to be it it's just that's going to be I mean with bated breath Mm -hmm. it's going to be it's going to be wild I know it's going to be wild yeah those I mean that that blend of personalities for the Berkshires first of all I don't ever want to see them on a luxury vacation like you know the first group went you know, wherever they were, Turks and Caicos for a house that Mauricio was trying to sell yawn (laughs) I want to see them contained in a location oh my god and stuck together in a house it's like freaky friday like you're mm. stuck together and you have mm-hmm. to work it out i like i love it 
it's gonna be it's it's gonna be something is what it's gonna be mm-hmm. it's gonna be you know kudos to seasons one and two for the environments that were selected season three I think is a hotel in Thailand but I don't know if the hotel is like their landing area maybe for COVID production and maybe they like oh, moved to a house I have no idea but um I mean, the panel is going to be just with the, with the crowd reactions yeah. and with Dorinda's, you know, participation being so having such a split response in that it's going to be yeah. incredible. It's going to be incredible. I so. Listen, I die for you. Tell the AGs where they can follow you on social. Any deep dives you're you're working on? What's, yeah, what's I've got a couple in the delight? back of my mind. I need to do Great. a few for sure and put cool. them out. Um, but I am Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo on Instagram and TikTok. And I've got a Twitter too that I never tweet. And I think it's called Ducking Bravo. <laughs> we think. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, guys, you know what I do know? How much I'm obsessed with the Andy's Girls Patreon. Number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes, invites to special Zoom key keys, and more. Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Follow me on social at Dame Galley. Slide into Lisa Rinna's DMs and ask her to unblock me because and I me. would like to see and you as well unblock Dame Galley and bravo bravo ducking bravo because we would like to see the content and not have us it sent to us in dozens. When you post something insane Mm -hmm. and um, we were told that you own it or at least you like other people too. And for us to be blocked for not for such innocuous reasons. I mean, we couldn't even see the apology that in some ways was directed to content creators. Mm -hmm. You blocked when you said you went too far in blocking all of us. Would love to see it (laughs) slide into her DMs. I think she's reading all the messages. Um, be kind, something that she herself has never said, but we would like to say yeah. in, in asking her to reinstate our status as content creators who will critique the things that we're not currently able to see. Um, and so much more. <laughs> uh, this was a delight. Thank you so much. For, Always a pleasure. For the, our little Zoom Zoom. And guys, stay cool wherever you are. Oh, my God. Get that $1,300 ice delivery. Stay inside pump that ac come over to my apartment and help me (laughs) install the one in my living room and we will chat with you soon bye-bye